All right, what's happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Let's get to it. Uh, Wednesday's show. We've been doing this series for a few weeks now, How to Be a Pro. And this is going to be one of our final shows. I think that we're going to finish just in time for football season. So I think maybe this week, next week, I just going to wrap it up. So today we're going to talk on the How to Be a Pro series about the price. And this is really important, right? Last week we talked about the market and saw how prices get where. But today's show we'll talk about why you need to specifically be price sensitive. Price sensitivity is one of the most important uh, traits any good sports better has. Remember, if you want to get good prices, be really price sensitive and always make sure you're getting the best number, check out betteredge.com. When you sign up, put in promo code SBD and they're going to give you a free $20 upon sign up. You don't even have to, have to deposit anything yourself. Sign up. Put in promo code SBD, get a free 20, see how you like betting VIG free. But price sensitivity is one of the most important traits. So let's talk about that. Knowing your price is everything. That's what we've talked about for several shows. That's what I've said now for several years on on this podcast. Everything in sports betting is very, very complex. The the path of handicapping, what you choose to use in your handicapping, coming up with the final price. It is very complex, very nuanced. But at the end of the day, at the end of the process, it comes down to one thing. What are they charging and what should the price be? If you've done all kinds of homework and you know your prices and you've done all kinds of regression analysis and you know a a box of Cheerios should be $3 from the grocery store, that's perfect. Then you go in, and if the if the Cheerios are on sale for two fifty, you know you're getting a good deal. If the local grocery store is selling Cheerios for five bucks, you may not want to buy those because you've done your homework. You know they should be three dollars, right? That, that's an oversimplified example, but that's the same thing with sports betting. If the Broncos should be minus three, and the market is charging minus five, we don't make the bet. But if the Broncos are minus three and the market's at minus one, of course we want to make that bet. So knowing the price is obviously hard. We talked about that on one of the shows, how to get there, the math. But once you have it, you've got to stick to it. And I can't tell you how many times early in my career I didn't follow this rule and I lost money. You know, after you spend a lot of time, especially if you don't have a quick, refined way of handicapping, anytime you spend like an hour handicapping a game, you almost feel like you have to bet that game because you put so much time into it, so much effort, you like this side, just because you like minus 110, and it was minus 105, but recently, last couple minutes, maybe it's moved to 110, 115, some people may say, yeah, I liked it at 110, I know it's moved to 115, I'm still going to make it. That's what this all comes down to. If you don't have the discipline to not make that bet, you're not going to win long-term in sports betting. So really, price sensitivity comes down to not making bad decisions when the price isn't right to make a sports bet, even if you love, love, love a certain game. And here's what many people don't understand. If you, let's say in an example, the the, the Broncos are minus three against the Raiders. And if you love the Broncos minus three, it's your best bet. But for some reason, you couldn't make the bet. And later that day, they moved to, to minus four and you still make the bet minus four. What people don't realize is that's a different bet. Broncos minus three and Broncos minus four against the same team is a vastly different bet. And I have an exercise for you. If you track all your bets, go back the last year. In every NFL game, give yourself an extra half point. If you had a team plus five, give yourself plus five and a half. If you had a team plus seven, give yourself plus seven and a half. If you had a team minus three, give yourself minus two and a half, okay? Give yourself a half point every single game your win percentage is going to amaze you how much it improves. That's the thing with being price sensitive. Just because you spent an hour handicapping one team doesn't mean you have to bet that team because 
you know, how often does that happen with all of us? I know it used to happen with me all the time. Let's, again, random game off the top of my head. Let's say the Brewers are playing the Reds. And for some reason, you love the Brewers, right? It's like, oh, I want to bet the Brewers. But you do the handicap, and a couple good things about the Reds pop up, and a couple bad things about the Brewers pop up. And you just spent the last 50, 60 minutes handicapping the game. A lot of people, myself in the past included, it's like, I just spent an hour doing it. I still kind of like the Brewers. Let's just make the bet, right? That's what it comes down to. If you waste a lot of time, sometimes it's going to happen. Some, that's why I think it's good to have a refined process. But being price sensitive and not understanding that even if you waste a lot of time or spend a lot of time on a game, you don't always have to make that bet. It's so tempting to, right? To bet on games you've fallen in love with, but you have to stand strong. Now, there are some things that come with this. If you start betting on prices and teams that you are very strict with, that you just bet on what should the price be, what is the price, there's a couple things that make the average person out there kind of unsettled because two things happen. One, you're going to end up with bets you don't love. And two, you're going to end up betting on teams that you actually think are going to lose. Okay, Let's, let's, let's go through a scenario. If we think a team is going to win 40% of the time, 40 equals plus 150 in, in American odds. All of these odds have an equal percentage that it correlates to. So by definition, if we think a team is going to win 40% of the time, that means we think the other team is going to win 60% of the time, obviously, right? So we would have the team that we think is going to win 40% of the time priced plus 150, and we would have the team that's going to win 60% of the time priced minus 150. Because when we do our handicaps, we don't factor in the VIG. That's what the house does. Ours is just an even 100% for any event. So 40% plus 150, 60% minus 150. In this whole price sensitive thing, let's just walk through a few examples. If in that example, team A should be, uh, let's just flip it. Team A should be minus 150. Team B should be plus 150. And the price is minus 110, minus 110. Who do we bet on? Of course, we bet on team A, right? Because they should be minus 150. And the market's charging minus 110. Another way to say that is the odds should be closer to, we think the true odds are 60% for this event to happen. And the market's right, 60%, aka minus 150. And the market's charging as if this event's going to happen 52.4% of the time, minus 110. We've got a huge edge. We make that bet. But if that same price instead of minus 110, minus 110 is plus 200, minus 150, what do we have now? We have one of the lines, minus 150, that we deem to be accurate. Remember, we had team A winning 60% of the time, team B winning 40% of the time. So if team A is minus 150, team B is plus 200, what do we have here? Team A lines up with our projections. We had team A minus 150, the market has team A minus 150. No bet, right? It's exactly what we thought, there's no value there. But team B, we had plus 150, the market's charging plus 200. So you make that bet. Now you have a plus 200 bet in your portfolio that you've made. So let's walk through this. What you've just done is you've made a wildly profitable bet. If you always make a bet at plus 200, that should be plus 150, you're going to get rich very fast. But here's the caveat. We're actually betting on a team that we think will lose. We're betting on a team that we think will only win 40% of the time. So you may say, why the hell would you do that? Why would you bet on a team that you know or think is not going to win even half the time? Here's why. Because they're charging as if they're going to win far more often. So if we think the price should be 150 
and they're charging, or they, they're going to lose far more often. So if we think the price should be plus 150, and the market's charging plus 200, that gives us a substantial edge despite of what we think is going to happen. You see, we don't always bet on the, the, on the team we think is going to win. We bet on the price that offers us a positive expectation. That's why it's not about the team. It's about the prices. You have to start getting used to this. If you're going to win in, in sports betting, you can't bet on the teams. And this is why I say you shouldn't bet. If you're just getting going and you want to become a professional, you shouldn't just bet or you shouldn't bet on a fan you consider yourself to be an expert on or on a sport you consider yourself to be an expert on or a fan of, okay? Otherwise, what I've seen 99 times out of 100 is diehard fans, right? All the experts, oh, I watch every single hockey game. I watch every single NFL game. They get so caught up in the narratives and the good teams and the bad teams. Most fans think the good teams are a lot better than they are. And most fans think the bad teams are a lot worse than they are. That's not, most teams are right there in the middle. But what ends up happening is if you're, like, uh, if you're a diehard NFL fan, as an example, you likely won't bet on Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield, regardless of the scenario. Most people hate Baker Mayfield. Most people don't want to bet on Tampa without Tom Brady, right? So it's like if Tampa Bay, and this is a just total hypothetical I'm, I'm pulling out here, but if Tampa Bay is plus six against Buffalo, okay, let's say they're at Tampa, Buffalo is minus six on the road to Tampa. I don't even know if they play this year. It's hypothetical. Most people will do one of a couple things. They'll either tease Buffalo, right, with another game from six to pick them. They'll either do that or parlay Buffalo money line with other parlays. Most people won't even look at Tampa Bay plus six here because Buffalo's good. Tampa Bay sucks. Josh Allen's great. Baker Mayfield's horrible. So most people won't even look at Tampa. But here's the thing. Not just in this example, along the market, the market, especially in the NFL, is very efficient. So if Tampa Bay is plus six at Buffalo, what that tells you is most people in the world think that's a fair price. But you, at home, you go, oh, that's not a good price because Buffalo's great. Tampa sucks. So you either tease Buffalo, you money line Buffalo, or you simply don't make the bet. But oh, if I said, okay, right, in this example, if I said, okay, what if Buffalo wasn't minus six? What if they're minus seven? or minus eight, or minus nine, you're all still teasing Buffalo down, or you're all still taking the money line Buffalo. No one even thinks, oh, it went from six to nine. Oh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay now because plus nine is a good bet. Most people, because they're diehard NFL fans and follow these narratives, and it's not even necessarily and follow these narratives. It's just the way they, that fans think. Most fans won't bet on Tampa regardless of the price. Most fans won't bet on, you know, Iowa against Ohio State, whether Iowa is plus 17, plus 20, or plus 23. So this is what it comes down to, and this is one of the hardest parts. You have to bet on the prices, not the teams. You've got to be price sensitive. This really is everything. It's so tempting to bet on teams we love, games we love, and and teams we think are going to win. But once you know the price, or you think you know the price, that is everything. Now, before we get out of here today, let's quickly touch on closing line value. Kind of an interesting topic that we could do a whole show on, a whole week on. But over, over, let's just divide, define what it is. Closing line value or CLV. You'll see this written, you know, written differently in different places. Uh, closing line value is just that the value you have from your line to the closing line. And this is why it's important to bet early. If you're going to bet the NFL, seriously, you've got to bet on Monday. So let's say if we bet the Broncos minus three against the Raiders on Monday, 
and that line moves to Broncos minus four against the Raiders on Sunday, we have one point or one, you know, one point of closing line value. So over the course of a season, you can go back and say, how many games did I beat the closing line? And how many games did the closing line end up worse than what I bet than what I bet? My thoughts on closing line value is it's very important. I think closing line value is a great sign, probably the one main sign, the one thing you want to pay attention to if you're a new sports better, to answer the question, am I on the right side more than I'm not? Now look, closing line value doesn't pay the bills. I've had stretches, long stretches of my career where I have dominated the closing line. And I mean, we're, we're, we're betting teams at minus two and a half to close minus seven, and they just don't win. So at the end of the day, it comes down to market efficiency. Because, you know, when we talk about all this, if the market isn't efficient, closing line value wouldn't mean shit. It wouldn't mean anything. The only reason closing line value means something is because theoretically, the closer we get to the game, the more efficient the line's going to be. So if you bet minus three, the line closes minus seven, that's overwhelmingly a very good sign. If you bet minus three and the line closes plus two, that's a very bad sign. You may win the game you had minus three if it closes plus two, and you may lose the bet you have minus three if it closes minus seven. But the point is, you can tell overwhelmingly where are you compared to the market. How well can you trust your numbers? How well can you trust your approach? That's what closing line value is all about. And it is related to price because obviously, if you have a team minus 115, like in your projections, okay, and they're charging minus 105 in the market, and you make that minus 105, but it goes against you, you've got to evaluate a couple things. Why did you think it was minus 115 in 105 offered value? What are you seeing that others in the market aren't seeing? And how can you adjust that moving forward? And if that ends up being a great bet for you, then you should stick with that. But as I said before, you're not going to make a living always bucking the collective IQ and going against all these lines that move against you. But closing line value is important. It's going to show you, are you on the right track? Can you do this long-term? Closing line value is very important for that. And we would have no closing line value mean, you know, it wouldn't mean anything if the market wasn't efficient. And I do believe in the efficient market hypothesis for sports betting. You can look it up. I believe it exists here. And that's why closing line value is so important. But overall, today's takeaway, price is king. You should know the price and stick to it. Bet on the prices. Don't bet on the individual teams involved. All right, that does it for today's show. Appreciate you listening. Stay tuned tomorrow. We're going to have some picks, wrap up the week on a strong note. So we'll talk to you then right here on Sports Betting Daily.